You're listening to Chatting with Copywriters. I'm your co-host, Bobby Lind. And I'm Kimberly Camp. In each episode, we break down the mysteries of copywriting and marketing. In this episode of Chatting with Copywriters, Bobby and I are going to cover how you can incorporate proof into your copy and why it's so important. But before we get there, of course, Bobby and I like to have a little chat first, and I usually don't know what she's going to ask, and today is one of those days. So, Bobby, what is my question? All right. So, we were talking um, earlier about movies, okay, um, before we started our recording. And my question for you is, what movie do you think I should see and why? Oh, okay. So what movie do you think I think you should see and why? Okay. And then uh, caveat sidebar, is this supposed to be a new or old movie? Pick a movie. I didn't specify. Pick a movie you didn't specify. Are you the type of person who likes uh, the thinking type movies or the action type movies? I could do both if I just want to chill and relax with a movie. Um, I mean, it kind of depends on how my day goes, right? Sometimes action and blow them up and it's very finalized and you don't have to think too hard. I enjoy those. But there's a lot of them that I watch to go, oh, that one really made me think. Awesome. So I then have the perfect movie for you. Uh, Mm -hmm. If you want to just watch it on a surface level, if you like explosions and fight scenes and really cool special effects, perfect movie to just kind of relax and unwind and at the end of the day. If you're wanting to go a little bit deeper and look into like philosophy and how uh, we perceive the world, uh, then you can also kind of watch it from that perspective as well. And it really does kind of make you think and wonder about how we interact with our world, especially with the rise of Um, how much technology we use. And this is really interesting because the movie uh, was made like a decade ago. Um, So if you haven't guessed what movie I'm talking about, I think you should watch The Matrix. All about our internal perception of our lives. Are we kind of watching our lives go past us? Are we interacting uh, in the real world? Or is it kind of like a movie screen? Uh, that we're just kind of sitting back and watching. There's lots of good mindless entertainment, if you will. But if you want to go deeper and dive into the underlying storyline, you can. How's that for recommendation? Oh, interesting. Interesting. So yeah, yeah, that's, that's, first of all, I have seen that movie. Okay. Um, great, great, great movie. Love, love the way you kind of set it up and said, you know, hey, here's, you know, this is kind of cool. If you haven't figured it out yet, this is the one I'm talking about. Right. Yes. Um, so yeah, cool, cool. All right. I think you should watch, if you have not seen it, Inception. Inception is one of those kind of movies that really, you want to talk about a movie that really makes you think what's going on was, you know, because it it goes, it goes into this, not spoilers. It goes into the dream, you know, into your dreams and about planting ideas, right? That's kind of the idea of Inception is can, can you plant an idea in somebody else? And um, the movie, so the critics of the movie, I, I want to say that they really, they really enjoyed it. And also so did, so did Rotten Tomatoes, um, you know, those types of things. Like they, they really enjoyed it. And it really was a great, great movie. And um, really kind of, it left you at the end just going, hmm, because they don't, they let you decide, which is kind of cool. They let you decide how the movie, you know, how, how the scene that's been played out, they actually let you decide, which Your is own adventure. really 
really cool. And it's very difficult to do that in movies. And so to see that in play is something, it's new, it's different, and it, it is not done in many movies. Like many movies like to have a very crisp, clean, clean clear ending, you know, whether you like it or not, um, Infinity War, thank you very much, right? But um, they, they like to have that clean, clear ending. But um, yeah, so that's, that's, uh, that's what I like about that one. Uh, that's so interesting because um, if uh, any of you in the audience have seen both Inception and The Matrix, they actually have a very similar, not a uh, plot point, but I will say they are very related in uh, what they're kind of trying to portray. I have also seen Inception and I agree it's an amazing movie and it's all about, it is, it's one of those things where you get to choose. How does it end? And kind of the end of The Matrix does too. It's like, all right, which way does it go? And then it was there were sequels and we're not talking about those, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's definitely interesting to see about how an inception is also another movie where it looks really cool. There's a lot of cool special effects. There's lots of fighting. So if that's what you want from your entertainment, that's what you can also get. Which leads us kind of pretty nicely into our topic today of proof right? How do you incorporate proof? And it's, it's something that's done, you know, it, it's required to be done on any level of marketing, especially marketing that's done online, because it's really hard. One of the things that we miss when we're buying things online is the ability to touch and feel and really get it, you know, especially if it's a physical product, right? We don't get to play with the product, so, so to speak. And so what we are required to have to make this decision is an element of proof. We make a claim, we prove it, right? So like we both said in our movies that it can make you think, and here's sort of how it does that, right? Like with Inception, it makes you, first of all, it makes you think most of the way through the movie. Well, where are they? What layer are they in? Does this matter? And then at the end, it makes you think, is it, you know, did it end what, the, this way or did it end the, the other way? It's, it is kind of that choose your, choose your own adventure. So we said it makes you think. And then we kind of proved here's a couple of different ways that it makes you think. And those are, this is some type of element of proof. You know, you did the same thing with the, with the Matrix on, you know, why should I like it? Well, if I like action movies, you know, there's the, you know, there's fight scenes and there's blow up. So here's made a claim. We followed it up with proof. And that's how we as humans pretty much kind of require anything. Our BS meters are pretty high for a lot of things. So somebody goes, this product is the newest, greatest, best thing ever and will allow you to, what? right? You have to be able to prove this claim because we go, really? Okay, great. I mean, how many times have you walked through any city and you have the world's best coffee? You can have the world's best coffee on one side of the street. You can have the world's world's best coffee on the other side of the street. You're like, hmm, okay, so we've made a claim. The only way to know about proof is to walk in and either taste it or to see more proof underneath it. Why is it what makes it the world's best coffee? Right. That's what's different about the world's best coffee that's a block down the street, too. <laughs> well, as someone who has traveled quite a lot, the world's best coffee, or in my mind, the, the, the term that comes to mind is um, the best dumplings. Uh, is when it's got that little uh, sign on the door, right, that says Fodor is number one rated dumplings in Shanghai or something. Uh, so, you know, that's one way that you can uh, use proof and provide it, not only in your copy, but if you're also talking about just in the way a site looks, right, having something that looks like a badge and saying, look, I, I got this distinction. Or, um, you know, that's another um, way we can talk about kind of 
putting proof in without having to point to it necessarily is when you have that, look, this person has appeared on this show and this show and this show, or this particular product is rated number one this week on Product Hunt, for example. I work with a lot of software companies, and that's a really mm -hmm. huge, huge deal for them because they ask their users to leave reviews. So if people are willing to leave a review, uh -huh. that's, you know, that's building in that proof, right? That's yes. building in um, whether or not somebody is agreeing with you, but you know, it is something that you need to point out and it's needs to be a fundamental part of your copy. Pretty much anything new you introduce to your reader needs to be backed up by proof. And it's not because, uh -huh. oh, they're, they're going to be like, all right, I'm going to go Google that because they may or may not be that invested. But because you, you know, we like to make emotional decisions, but then we back it up with logic and that's kind of where the proof comes in. Exactly. Exactly. Reviews and testimonials are only one that technically there are two types of proof, right? There are a ton of different types of proof that you can add. You know, would it make you want to go see Inception anymore if I told you that it, you know, grossed nearly 293 million at the box office? Uh, for me personally, that wouldn't make a huge difference because I don't know how much money any movie makes, quite frankly. Yeah. And well, I'm okay, one of those people who says, well, no. And that's also something for you to keep in, in mind when writing to your audience is what yeah. kind of proof uh, is best for them. Because for me, you know, you, you, Bobby mentioned before, she talked about Rotten Tomatoes and critics. So that's one type of proof. But then you're also talking about the, the regular person on the street. So in my mind, uh, in my experience, a lot of times if a critic doesn't like a movie, I often find it really, really great um, mm -hmm. <laughs> because I like the, the things that are less mainstream. And critics, for the most part, are trying to gauge whether or not the mainstream audience is going to like something. So it's the same type of thing. You know, what kind of proof does your audience need? Do they need facts and statistics? Do they need 150 reviews that they can go and verify on Facebook? What do they need to uh, believe the proof that you're giving them? Yeah, and, and like the, the proof really comes in a lot of different areas, right? So uh, the monetary value of something is an element of proof, right? Yes. How much you save over the competition, as long as those are real numbers, it's an element of proof, right? The speed Absolutely. of delivery, you know, those types of things. When we talked about critics, you know, if you're dealing with like a software company, a critic of a software company could be a Forbes review or something like that. While yes. it is a review, it's a third party verified type of thing, right? So if you've been reviewed in Forbes and Forbes says you're the number one software in this category, you're like, yes, totally love yes, that. That is an element, awesome. element of proof. You know, the same type of thing for you know, products, there's a lot of health, like health and wellness, which is what I do a lot. You know, I do a lot of writing and there are places to go to, for reviewing the, the, the products of health and wellness. Now, some yes. of those you have to be pretty careful because they're pop-up, you know, it's a pop-up review that's done by a, by a not um, certified third party, but you know, it's actually, there's a lot of this that's actually going on. There's a, there's a lot of companies that will make their own review site and we'll review several different products. Theirs just happens to be in it and just happens to be the best. So it's one, something to actually kind of pay attention to. Look at the source and the quality of what it is that you're doing, the, the review checking on for those, those third parties. So let's see, other, other, other forms of proof that we think we can add. Ooh, test well, evidence. Well, I was going to say, yeah, uh, one of my big things, I love doing this, is looking at statistics, looking at research, looking at studies. And one thing you have to keep in mind, as Bobby mentioned, is who conducted the study? Now, oftentimes, especially in areas of new technology, 
you know, you, you don't have a lot of uh, independent verifiers or reviewers because literally there's like three companies in the space. So they want to prove that they know what they're doing. So they sponsor a study. But oftentimes what they'll do then is they'll sponsor a study with somebody else. So they pay for the study, but then they go to an independent research firm to have it done, right? But yeah, stats, research, anything that can be surveyed and kind of backed up by, you know, over three years, we did this, 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 and this, or here's Mm -hmm. analytics of something. But remember, when you're putting that kind of information into your copy, when we are talking about hard numbers, it doesn't need to be like a research paper, right? It doesn't need to be you saying, uh, according to the Harvard Business Review back in 2014, Mm -hmm. according to the study conducted by doctor, 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 and doctor, right? Because you want to make it into a story. You want to make it into something that is easy to understand so that you know what kind of uh, takeaway you're supposed to give to your audience, but also something that still provides the hard numbers. Yeah, absolutely. In health and wellness, it, the, the best type of, re- of that type of test review that you can have is the clinical studies, right? You know, so absolutely. clinical trials have been done. Now, the, again, there's research that other people have done the clinical, clinical trials, and you can kind of link those two together. And you have to be careful about how to do that, you know, because of a lot of the regulatory information that's out there. But in other industries, in, in survival and those types of things, they do the same type of thing, right? So there's, there's, you know, there, there's those types of test reviews that, you know, they put it to the test or, you know, the, the favorite one that's always used, especially in the survival industry is, you know, it was used by the military, right? This there is, you you know, this was used by the military. So now we're offering it to you. And that's, you know, that, that's okay. And, and cool too. You know, another kind of test review that you can do is to give away free samples or, you know, seven day free trial type thing. So for software, use our software and use our software and test it. That's a great form of proof because people form and validate their own options. It's the next best thing to going into, you know, a Walmart or a Target or any of the other ones. And depending on how far in the future will depend on, you know, like things like Sears still exist or all those types of stuff. But um, you can walk into the store and actually physically touch the product. So if you can't do that because it's online, you can give them the opportunity to try it for free. Now, wonderful caveat about that. There's a lot of uh, focus on these, they're they're called the risk-free trial space and the risk-free trial industry right now. And so if you're going to do a trial or allow somebody to try it for free, be very upfront and honest about what you're doing. If you send it to them as a trial and you are going to charge them for it later, be very, very upfront and honest. Okay, we're going to send this to you. You can try it risk-free for 30 days. If you like it, we will charge your credit card, you know, but you actually have to get them to do that because there's an awful lot of regulatory information that's going on there. If you give them a seven day uh, free trial to your software, make sure they know this is seven days. You get to try it for free for seven days. And then if you like it, we will charge your, we will charge your card. So there is um, just it is a great tool to use. Do it right. Make sure you understand a lot of the legality that's behind it. You know, caveat, I'm not a lawyer and I did not sleep in a Holiday Inn Express last night. And so speak with your lawyer and make sure you understand the regulations in your industry. A Holiday Inn Express. That's great. So yeah, that's, that's something to keep in mind definitely is when you're talking about digital products, when you're talking about anything that you're selling online, um, it's not something that people can generally touch with, you know, touch, interact, that kind of thing. Um, so you do have to, to give that idea of, okay, how can someone test this out? How can I gather 
uh, those testimonials from people, you know, you, Mm -hmm. in the software space, you know, you have beta users, you have people who volunteer to test it out. Uh, But then uh, usually if they're a beta tester, right, they're aware that the people who have tested this out, right, they're, they're going to be very, very sincere in their reviews because you want to know what to fix before releasing it to the general public. Yep. Um, so yeah, you know, when we're talking about tests, we're talking about research, we talk about surveys, we talk about testimonials, you know, what is a, what's one of your favorite ways to incorporate testimonials into, into to incorporate testimonials? Oh, I find if a testimonial natural, you know, if like like the testimonial comes through and is a perfect shoe in for whatever aspect I'm talking about, right? When, depending on where I am in, in the, in the sales process, right? So if, if I've introduced the product already, not while I'm, you know, if it's still in the story base and I'm trying to get you to understand the problem, right? By the time that you've introduced the pro the product, now, this could be on your website, this could be in your sales document, whatever it is, because you're, what you're still trying to do is get them to make the sale. If a claim or something that I've said is beautifully backed up in a user testimonial, that's the perfect time to add it, right? Now, it's okay to say, here's what some of our listeners have, um, here's what some of our listeners say, you know, some of our listeners, some of our users, some of, you know, don't, don't just take it from us, take it from our customers and list them a couple of there. But it's, you know, if it backs, you know, if you say for yours, if your software is easy to use and is a one-click install hassle-free, but you, and you have a customer testimonial that says, oh my God, this is the best thing that I've ever done because it was, it was truly one-click boom, you add that right in that moment because it's, it's that it's, it's an element of proof. Now you'd back it up with even some more other different types of proof, but that's, I like to use testimonials when they absolutely 100% kind of crush the, the proof element of the claim that I just made instead of just throwing them all in at the end. I like to dot them through as long as they, they help the case that I'm trying to make at the time. Yeah, definitely. And something I have noticed is that a lot of people or a lot of companies, they're kind of wary of using their testimonials for some reason, or they're stingy, right? They only want like two or three on their site. And I never understood that because it's like, okay, you have all these people who are gushing about how great you are. Why on earth would you hide that? Um, and one of the reasons is they're like, oh, well, we don't want to brag too much. I'm like, you are not bragging. Your customers are bragging about mm-hmm. what you're offering. So one thing um, to make it more impactful, as Bobby was saying, is to have it scattered throughout what you're doing. And you can even have it scattered throughout like a website. Um, There's a lot of really great uh, tools out there you can use where, you know, each different page, they'll have a testimonial related to what the page is talking about. And you don't need 50. Okay. I'm not saying use 50 because no one's going to sit there and wait for that little carousel to go through 50 testimonials. But, you know, one or two per idea, per her feature or benefit that you're talking about, it's a really powerful way just to kind of say, oh, look, we asked a bunch of people and only three of them gave us an answer. So here's our testimonial page. It always seems like it's too far removed from what you're talking about for me. So I, I agree, you know, putting it throughout, you know, if you have an email that you're sending out that talks about something specific, and then you have this one line quote from a case study you did, throw it in, right? I mean, it's not you don't need to give them the full case study. You need to give them the one sentence that they talk about that particular idea, right? Yeah, absolutely. So um, what are some other quick elements of proof that you've used in, in, your, in some of your marketing and, and that you've done? 
I think we've covered most of them. You know, we talk about testimonials, we talk about uh, stats, we talk about, well, I think the other big one is association-backed information. Uh, you know, so an association uh, for your particular industry, talking about a new trend or talking about a new idea, and then you mm -hmm. have something that's related to that, you can put that in there, right? Like uh, in the travel industry, for example, there's a huge growing trend about like accessibility or uh, ecotourism. So mm -hmm. when you can put in a quote from somebody who said, you know, in a, in a news article, you know, news articles are really great when somebody is being quoted as saying something and you're like, and that's why we focused all of yeah. these resources to creating this thing because it's something that our users and our audience is interested in. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's not just the testimonials from the end user. It's also testimonials and content related to the industry that you're, you're operating in. Yeah, I, I, like, I, I like to use the number of units sold and or number of customers and stuff like that, right? Yes. And, because it, it, it in and of itself, I mean, it's a style of testimonial, but it's not at the same time, right? You right. know, so over 3 million canisters sold, over, you know, 150 units sold, you know, 4,000 customers love our product, you know, how can 4,000 customers be wrong? You know, those types right. of things, right? So using the number. Now, there's there's a lot that goes into using a number and whether you use a round number or a pretty number or, you know, this, you know, our software helped so-and-so make $642,936 and stuff like that, right? You know, so there's, there's a lot of different ways to, to go through, you know, the, the number aspect of it. But um, using those types of numbers is another great form of proof on the validity of your product, software, service, or anything like that. Yes, definitely. And that's another um, idea is also what are you promising, right? Are you promising time? Are you promising money? Then if you can grab an average 63% uh, decrease in overtime hours or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, revenue uh, management software, right? Uh, optimized uh, $115,000 on average for a three-month period or something. Those kinds of things also. It's the hard numbers, but it relates directly to the benefit you're promising. And you're taking it as a grouping of all of the people you're helping to show that, look, it didn't just work for one person. Right? Exactly. It worked for a lot of people. So um, I think we've talked a lot about the types of proof uh, elements you can use and kind of how to incorporate them into your copy and incorporate them into your marketing in a way that's not just a whole bunch of lists of numbers. Uh, any final thoughts, Bobby? Yeah. And my biggest final thought is to, for people to really understand that testimonials and reviews are not the only type of proof. And there's a lot of companies that seem to heavily rely on that more than anything else. So hopefully they, you know, hopefully you get a good understanding that, that there is different types of proof out there and, you know, try and incorporate it into, into your writing to, to just make it more, um, more robust. Definitely. And I'd also like to add that, um, you know, grouping all of your proof in one area is not nearly as powerful as putting your proof throughout to back up specific claims. Because in general, you know, no one, if you get 50 testimonials, I've seen sales pages for like courses where it's literally just 30 reviews or 30 testimonials. I'm like, I'm not going to watch all those. But if 
you know, one's in the beginning, one's in the middle, four in the, you know, four a little bit further down, then another two before the sale. That is something I'm a lot more likely to sit and listen to because each, you chose those 50 for a reason, right? You chose those 50 because they each have something unique to say. So you want to have the most impact and the most impact you can get from them is scattering them throughout instead of grouping everything in one place. Thank you for listening to this episode of Chatting with Copywriters, where we talked about elements of proof and how to use them best in your copy. Check out our past episodes and visit us at chattingwithcopywriters.com. If you have a topic or would like to appear on our show, please get in touch with us by filling out the contact form. And don't forget to subscribe either at chattingwithcopywriters.com or on your favorite podcast service such as iTunes or Spotify. And if you like what you hear, please share it with your friends and leave us a review.